0: And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Well, here we are again, this time to review Love in the Time of Cholera. I'm Les Roberts.
1: And I'm Ann Elder. Ann. I can't wait to hear this.
0: It is my honor to have reviewed movies with you. (laughs) I have loved (laughs) reviewing movies with you every minute. (laughs) And even though I have reviewed movies with other people, in my heart, I was always faithful to you. And the beautiful bond we had between us. (laughs) Now, I speak to you so formally. Yes, dear. Because I've just seen Love in the Time of Cholera and Virtually... Everyone talks like that, and they're all even cornier than I was. Oh, my Lord, what a boring film this became.
1: I know, and you did it perfectly. You satirized (laughs) to perfection, I must say, Les, the way that Javier Bardem portrays the passionate lover who's been rejected and then writes these endless and boring love letters to her and to, by the way, I think every other chick in the city or anybody that he can get his hands on. I'll get into that in a minute. Tell us more about the plot. Must I? Plot it along.
0: Okay, here we go. Javier Bardem plays Florentino. Uh He's a young man. He works in the Telegraph office. He falls very much in love with a beautiful young woman named Fermina, played, by the way, by Giovanna Mezzogiorno. Mm -hmm. He very much wants to marry her, but of course, her father, played by John Leguizamo, in a Mm -hmm. very strange bit of casting anyway. I thought so. He wants her to marry somebody rich and important, so Mm -hmm. she rejects him, and he spends the next 52 years very much in love with her, but he's so in love with her that he jumps on every other woman he sees and writes their name down in a A diary, a journal. Uh And I think he got to number 577. (laughs) Well, that impressed even me.
1: Well, he would always say that he was only doing this because he was so in love with this other woman. Well, you know, after a while, that kind of poetic license is very hard to take, and it becomes slapstick, and that's part of the problem with this movie. It is impossible to take this plot seriously the way it is presented on the screen.
0: Well, it was directed by Mike Newell. Who has done some nice movies? And he's English. He is English. Okay. It was written by Ronald Harwood. Yes. But it's a mess. It's a mess from beginning to end. It's a mess in terms of the acting. It's a mess in terms of the script. I agree. It's a mess in terms of the direction. It's supposed to look so beautiful, but it never oh. rises to itself. Even with the scenery, there's just nothing going on about well, this picture except again, a lot of naked women.
1: You know, less when we were talking about adaptations earlier in the program. This is the kind of book that you want to relish. You want to savor. You want to go over the lyrical poetry of the author. You want to be able to reread passages in a book like this. When this is put up on the screen, what you are left with is a very glossy and shallow movie because the richness has been extracted from the film.
0: Florentino was wonderful in the book, but Javier Bardem, whom I loved in No Country for Old Men just a couple of weeks ago, he is just awful in this film, just awful. Well, he
1: makes some unusual acting choices. He takes this character who's supposed to be hopelessly in love with this beautiful woman who has rejected him, and we're supposed to believe that he can bed over 500 women. Well, there is nothing remotely sensual or sexy about the portrayal of this character. In fact, he plays him kind of like a nerd. He has a funny little walk. He's anything but commanding or charismatic, not at all sincere. And we have to buy the fact that this guy really is spiritually still a virgin in order to buy the premise of the novel. And that's a huge obstacle for this film, and they do not overcome it. Another reason why I think they didn't overcome it is because they have two English people who are in charge of this film. (laughs) I'm sorry, but the screenwriter and the director do not have the passion and that South American zest. They don't have it in their blood, and I'm sorry, it just doesn't work.
0: You've got it right on the nose, Anne.
1: You know, the New York Times said that, I'm going to paraphrase them, everyone in this film looks like they are out of a Charles Dickens novel. They have very little to do with South America, and that is precisely the point that I want to make, and that's the way I felt when I was seeing the movie. I said, what's wrong with this film? Well, basically, it's not Spanish, so I had a problem with it all the way through. The makeup, there's supposed to age 50 years. Yes. The two main characters, Florentino Javier Bardem and Farmina Giovanno Mezzogiorno. Well, when they age, he becomes a stooped over old man that reminded me of Tim Conway's old man exactly. on the Carol Burnett show. <laughs> Well, it became silly. He could barely walk up the steps, and you're supposed to believe that the minute he finds that this woman that he's been pining for finally is a widow, and he can run to her, and he can tell her that he's going to whisk her off on a steamship someplace. Well, he's so old, he can barely get up the (laughs) gangplank. They don't age well, these two.
0: (laughs) No. Unfortunately, she has a nude scene at the end of the film.
1: Oh. So, basic problem here, this is a poetic novel— Poetic novels don't make it on the screen because you don't have time as the viewer, as an audience member, to reflect, to think about the poetry, to think about the richness of the language, and to absorb all the philosophy that the author is trying to tell us. So, bad acting, very, very poor direction, nice pictures, beautiful cinematography, nice costumes, unbelievable movie. For me, love in the time of cholera, guess what? It gets a un rojo luz. That means red light.
0: (laughs) Well, for me, as far as love in the time of cholera is concerned, I would choose cholera. A wise choice. It's a red light for me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the people who made this film. I'm very sorry for Lev Schreiber, who was in it for about two minutes, and I have no idea what he was doing well, there. Well,
1: he got a free trip to Cartagena. Probably.
0: I guess so. John Leguizamo. One note. And it's a historical note. He's hysterical throughout the entire film, and nobody else ever raises their voice. So you think, how did he get in this film? It's just a mess, and I'm very sorry for anybody who said, oh, this great novel is going to be a great movie. That's just a stinker.
1: The other thing about the Javier Bardem characterization that kept coming to my mind. Where did he get his inspiration here? Remember the Jerry Lewis goofy professor movies? <laughs> you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing where they had the buck teeth. And he was hunched over and he was kind of silly looking. So I thought maybe he went there. The other one was maybe he went to Peter Sellers as a Pink Panther. I mean, obviously, he did a lot of studying for this part, but unfortunately, he used the wrong images. And it really took away from the honesty and the originality of the character as written by the great Garcia Marquez.
0: Well, I'm sorry if <laughs> Javier Bardem looked at Peter Sellers for inspiration for this role, because I think he was looking in the wrong room. <laughs> Okay, two red lights for Love in the Time of Cholera, directed by Mike Newell, written by Ronald Harwood, and starring Javier Bardem, Giovanna Mezzogiorno, Benjamin Bratt, who we didn't even mention.
1: By the way, he's very good-looking in the movie, and he plays it almost correct. He's the only one that I thought got it halfway right. And I don't think
0: he's ever been south of the border, so who knows. (laughs) Anyway, it's a mess. Forget about it. There are other good films to watch. Read the book. Yes, definitely. Until next time, I am Les Roberts.
1: And I'm Ann Elder.
0: And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies.